Hello, and welcome to Living Life Squirrel, a podcast about living and loving life with ADHD. My name is Robin, and I am your host. I'm a woman who was diagnosed with ADHD at 39 after living most of my adult life not knowing I had the condition. This podcast is meant to dispel the myths about ADHD based on my own experience and what it feels like for me and looks like to my family and friends. Today, I am so honored to have my favorite grown-up person on the podcast, and that's my husband, Dan. Dan is much more private than me, but as a spouse of someone with ADHD, we both thought it would be helpful for him to come on the podcast to share what it's like to live with and love someone with ADHD. So welcome, Dan. Thanks, Robin. I'm honored and excited to be here with my favorite grown-up person. Thank you very much for asking me to join you on your podcast. Absolutely. Very proud of what you've what you've created here with your with your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. It's making such a positive difference for for so many people as you know. And hopefully this episode adds to that. It's just as exciting for me as it uh, as it is for you. Mind if I just take an, an aside before we get uh, before we get started? Absolutely. Go for it. I don't know. I don't think you knew this app about me actually before we before we started talking about me being on on the podcast with you but 30 years or so ago I had uh, dreams of being in radio having a career in radio did you know that before we started I did not know that I know we have a pile of really bad CDs and records <laughs> in not really bad. from your days DJing epic. <laughs> but I didn't know you wanted to be a radio host yeah, it was a long, well, long time ago, 30 years. But anyway, thank you very much for the teenager in me says thank you for making that uh, that dream come true. I doubt that 30 years ago I would have uh, expected that this how this is how it would have turned out. But regardless, this is still a great opportunity and very happy to be able to share my radio voice and my witty and weird insights. Just no music, unfortunately. But um, thank you, regardless. Glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So, this is a episode about marriage. So, we've been together for 16 years and married almost 13. How did we meet? Well, time uh, time sure does, sure does fly. 16 years. It feels like only yesterday. I think at the time I was, yeah, I was working as a, a research officer with the Legislative Assembly of Alberta. I had a friend that I worked with that was dating the sister of one of your classmates when you were at Grant McEwen. Yeah. And uh, in your public relations program. And I used to call you to come out with us. You did. Um, but just to make that maybe a bit more simpler for your for your listeners, I met you through a friend of a friend of a friend. Well, define friend. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I would get an invite to join you through through those connections. And uh, the night we did meet, this particular night, I think was a jamioki session at what was then Kaylee's Irish Pub, downtown Edmonton. Mm-hmm. It was a good night. It was a good night. <laughs> so what was the first thing you noticed about me? Hmm. Probably your your eyes and your smile. You're also wearing this very stunning black shirt that had bright silver lips all over it. I still have that shirt. You do. I wouldn't let you uh, let you throw it away. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was a fun night. I remember trying to sing some Violent Femmes that didn't go so well. 
but thankfully, back in those days, there was no cell phones that <laughs> recorded video, and there's no evidence of that. Um, I remember that you never stopped smiling most of the night. You were having such a good time, and in always ensuring that everyone around you was having a, a good time as well. And I've always been a fan of the Bengals, so when you were singing <laughs> Walk Like an Egyptian, it was uh, pretty hard not to pay attention. I still almost know most of the words. So. Yes, you definitely do. You've sang it a few more times <laughs> since uh, since then. Maybe just some context for, for your listeners. You're about as extroverted as, as they come. I'm about as introverted as they as they come, which I think was um, interesting, interesting dynamic. And while it was your eyes and your your smile and that silver lipstick shirt that, that <laughs> caught my attention initially, I think my obsession started that night at Kaylee's when I found someone who I thought would definitely encourage and challenge me and pull me out of my somewhat of a wallflower state. I don't know, it probably wasn't total wallflower, but I definitely had some wallflower tendencies. You did sing Violet Femmes all on your own, so. <laughs> I think there was someone else with me, wasn't there? I can't remember. I don't think I would have gone up there all by myself. <laughs> someone must have dragged me up there. But anyway, um, I knew that when I met you that you would ensure that I was fully experiencing life as, uh, as much as I could and that you wouldn't stand for, for much of anything else. I love that. So you're obsessed with me. We know that. Um, you find me amazing and smart and wonderful and all that. Um, but we did it about two years before you decided to propose. So when and why did you decide to propose? Hmm. Well, it's not, um, that's not an easy answer. It probably won't be a, a short answer. So buckle in, folks. Um, I don't think that there was a specific moment in time when I decided that I wanted to ask you to spend the rest of our lives together. I know that, you know, lots of love stories have the, oh, I remember when this happened. And I think there was a time for you when you sort of knew with me, but I can't, I can't pick out a, a specific time. I know I was definitely intrigued by you and you're smoking hot. <laughs> so... After after meeting you that first night, I wanted definitely wanted to see where where we were where we could go. I, well, thought, I saw some potential for us for um, sure. Thank you. After sixteen years, you said we that I am smoking hot and yes. not you were smoking hot. No, so you're still that. very smoking hot. I don't. I remember at the time that you were very focused on on school, um, but we did have some opportunities to to get to know each other. Um, as you already noted, that you would call me out sometimes, make random <laughs> phone calls to my office, saying you were someone else and asking me to meet up. And I think that was St. Patrick's Day. It was the night I broke my wrist. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I think you are you are perfect for me. I think we complement each other very well. I think our personalities, our values, our approach to to life, um, very much complement uh, complement each other that way. Uh, you've got a very fun and quirky sense of humor. I learned that after getting to know you a bit more, um, along with uh, your healthy side serving of wit and, and your great laugh. Um, and as you already noted, you are brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. You are. And it's very easy to carry on an intelligent conversation with you. So that's, uh, that was definitely um, a, a plus and necessary. 
And I think I also really appreciated that, that you liked me for, for who I was. I didn't have to pretend to be someone I wasn't or, or act a certain way. I could just be me and, and say the stupid things I say, act my distinct type of, of crazy. And, and for some reason, you still wanted to, to hang out with me. Do you remember? I think there was, uh, well, that same friend who um, can be credited for us meeting that that night. Should we name him? No, okay. that's not. He'd appreciate it too much if we did name him. Uh, he could also be credited for uh, coining the term Salty Dan to describe my grumpy dwarf or Eeyore style personality. Um, and I know that you very much wear it as a badge of honor that you make me a heck of a lot, uh, a heck of a lot less salty. And I think having you in my life makes me a better person. And I think everyone, everyone around us and Everyone who knows us sees that. But the story of our our, our first date, um, we had gone to our favorite sushi restaurant at the time, downtown Edmonton, across from where I was living in my condo. Kyoto, and I think it's now switched hands a few times, but... Yeah, I don't know what it is now. It's been a long time since we were in that neck of the woods. Um, but I remember I was very nervous. You were breaking all the uncomfortable silences. Um, I remember wanting to make sure that I didn't uh, didn't scare you away. Um, definitely didn't go into it confidently. Do you remember that? I do. I also remember kind of grilling you like it was a job interview because at that time yes, of my were, life, I I wanted more. You were breaking all the uncomfortable silences, <laughs> yeah. and you were pulling me out of my box. That was good. And I remember, well, when you were grilling me, you asked me about uh, if I ever saw myself getting married or, or having kids. And you reminded me on, on many occasions about my answer. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> uh, obviously, I've changed my mind. But at the time, my, my response was a definitive, <laughs> fairly definitive no. No. But I did, uh, obviously, I've thought about that answer over the years. And I think it's a good way to bring together sort of my scattered thought throughout this uh, this question. I think what I was would have been in my late twenties at the time. Yeah. And uh, my career was going uh, going pretty good. Um, I hadn't been what some would describe as lucky in love, quote unquote. Um, and I think part of me was maybe thinking that that was going to be my my path in life, and I'd sort of not given up but sort of come to terms with hey if that's the way life's gonna be that's just the the way life's gonna be yeah and you were doing incredibly well professionally then i remember you had an office and a job title and you worked at the ledge and that was really impressive for me and i was in school working at a bar and i was just amazed at how grown up you were <laughs> Even after you got to know me, you still thought I was well, growing up? Yeah, you do have an awesome collection of Star Wars t-shirts. So. I do, I do, and that will never, never go away. Um, but I think there was, you know, probably the best way to, to bring it all together and, and after I met you, and I think the Proclaimers sort of summed it up in, in their song, Then I Met You, um, which, you know, now is when we need time where we can just play music right <laughs> I, know. I could just but I, think I, get I could dive that. into that song <laughs> you know how much trouble I or how much um challenges I had just finding a song I could use for my intro I had to pay for it so no I don't think we can use any music but I think 
you know, just as as it is in the in, in the song, it talks about you know it's sort of an individual who had maybe come to terms with the way life was, but then they met someone who who changed everything, and that was that's uh, that's what happened with me. And you know, it became very evident to my my logic based thought process that one plus one equals equals two, and it was only you that could that could complete that equation with me. And I wanted to spend the rest of our rest of our lives together. And well, obviously you're smoking hot, so <laughs> I'm liking this interview. <laughs> I hope that answers the the when and why I, I decided to propose. The how is um is a much is a much longer story. So thankfully you didn't you didn't ask about <laughs> the the how. I think maybe now would be you know an appropriate time just to provide some additional context for for your listeners too and you're doing a podcast about ADHD and obviously that's that's changed a lot for you post uh, post diagnosis um, but for me you're you're the same Robin then as as I know now um, ADHD has always been part of you whether we had labeled it at the time or, or not. You still had ADHD when when I met you and my attraction and ultimate obsession and then love for you never made a distinction between Robin and, and Robin with, with ADHD. And I don't know what you would be like without ADHD and I don't know if I want to know what you'd be like with without ADHD. Um, potentially, maybe if, if you didn't have ADHD, there might not might not be an us. Thank you for that. I know your logical brain had a plan in place where it was career focused and had I not come along, maybe you would be, you know, I don't want to say premier, prime minister, but king of the world. But um, I was like being the guy behind the guy <laughs> or the guy behind the girl. The guy. I appreciate that you um, that you recognize that. So. I don't know what I was going with that, but I just, thank you. You're welcome. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> so you have a very logical brain. You had a plan in place. You had, you were very career focused. I came along, we got married. We had our oldest Juliana nine months later. Um, and there was a lot going on then. I remember I flooded the house by mistake. I crashed the Murano into a curb and pretty much every time you came home from work, dinner was not made, the house was a disaster. Um, and I was pretty stressed. So did you chalk this up to a lack of sleep or did you think that there might be more going on? Oh, the good old days. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was obviously there was there was lots going on. You had lots on on your plate, though. Um, I didn't don't think I chalked it up just to to lack of sleep. I think it was pretty clear that there were other factors at play. Um, you took on the role of of super mom to to Jules, which I think is a a pretty common thing for for new moms to to want to do. Um, you were trying to do everything yourself, and I think anyone who looks at trying to do everything themselves it's just not a sustainable uh, sustainable approach um, we all need a little help from from time to time but admitting that is is obviously a hard step for for anyone to take I'll be the first to admit that um, but I did try to help I think when I could I think looking back if 
you know, there's probably two key key points I'd, I'd want to make. The first, you know, it's important that in any marriage that you have some communications tools in your in your marriage toolbox. And I think we probably could have had a few more of those back then. Um, and I also noticed that you definitely had, you know, trouble focusing on, on a single task and you were very easily easily distracted. I think the flooding of the house is probably the a good example of that. I think what you were you were soaking some diapers after Jules had, I hadn't uh, actually put the clothes in the sink. I was just filling the water up with clean water. The the sink in the in the laundry room. Yeah, but yeah. the dirty clothes were on the side. So it was clean water in the sink. You were yeah, you were going to soak the diapers and then I think you went to clean Jules up because obviously she needed to be yeah. Obviously, needed to be cleaned up too, Went and to go give her a bath, and yeah, we and, did. And you forgot about the the water in the laundry room, and the fact that it was still running. <laughs> yes, and we can laugh about it now, but um, you know, in hindsight, pretty happy that you forgot you forgot about the diapers, and you didn't forget about Jules. <laughs> that's uh, that's a pretty big blessing. Yeah, we're lucky that uh, there was no water damage, considering the water soaked all the way down to the basement. So yeah, it was. Pretty, pretty extensive. And I think at the time I just sort of. You told me to leave. You said, go see friends and just take some time for take yourself. A, take a breather. Yeah. And yep. And then I think I had mom and dad come over and they helped me, help me clean things up a bit. Yeah. And, but yeah. you never blame me. You just said, go see friends, go just take a break. So. Yeah. But I think knowing what we know now, uh, that was obviously your ADHD friend coming out to, coming out to play a little bit. Yeah. With your easy, just easily being distracted and, and, and so forth. But yeah, just going back to the question, it, yeah, it was never one particular thing. I think it was probably a handful of things, which which we both played a role in, in co- contributing to, whether it was, whether it was the uh, communications or whatever. It was, uh, we both, uh, we both contributed there. Um, and at the same time, I think show me a family where the house is always perfect, dinner is always made, no mistakes are ever ever made, and you know I'll show you an Instagram or a, a Facebook account that only talks about or shows the the good times. It's so true, and uh, I know for myself, I'm super competitive and ambitious, and when our youngest <laughs> Libby was. She was about two or three months old, um, and Jules was a toddler because they're about 15 months apart. I decided to go back to school because I thought that would be a great idea, being a new mom of two small children and working full-time. What did you think about this decision? Hmm. I don't I don't remember specifically, I don't think. I do remember I'd ever questioned, and I'd... I'm sure I'd remember if I did, but I don't believe I ever questioned or, or looked negatively on, on, on that decision. You needed to, you needed to do it so that for, for job opportunities. Um, I remember that you had concerned about, you had concerns about getting screened out, uh, with HR protocols and, and so forth with, uh, just the Grant McEwen, uh, piece on, on your, on your resume. And that you wanted to expand that a bit. Uh, you've always been very passionate about learning, uh, which I love about you, by the way. And and I recognize that you need those opportunities and experiences because you look for them quite often. 
And I don't think there was ever going to be a perfect time. It was it was something that you needed to do, so we found we found a way. In hindsight, I think there might have been a bit of a snowball starting to roll down roll down a hill, so to speak. We had dated for for a couple of years, as we've talked about. We got got married. Uh, Jules was born nine months later. Libby came fifteen months after that, and then your then your undergrad. Um, we didn't have a lot of time post wedding just for just for us to to get comfortable with each other and and fall into our marriage groove, so to speak. Um, but there, yeah, there was lots obviously um, obviously going going on, um, and I don't I think that was that was an important step that that you needed to take, and I'm very proud of you for for doing it. Um, you're that was sort of part of your journey on some of your major accomplishments, which, as I said, I'm very, very proud of. And, and, and beyond that, you had the ability to keep everything together throughout, uh, uh, throughout the whole process. So, no, it was good. And I think at that point, too, we were still managing okay. Um, you know, I was working full time. I was doing school. Um, we had two small children, but you were picking up a lot of the household stuff, like groceries, like dinners, like all those sorts of things. And then I finished my undergrad, and then I immediately said, I want to do my master's. Um, so what did you think about that? <laughs> I do remember being a, a bit more concerned about about that, uh, that decision. Um, you know, I also think it's important to note that I've already sort of alluded to this, but I've always believed in the importance of lifelong learning and will always support you and the girls in, in any educational endeavor that, that you want to go down, although you have promised no PhD. No more, no PhD. No more school. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No, no yeah. PhD. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Um, And obviously I wasn't going to ever say that I, I wasn't on board with uh, with you taking that on, um, but I think while I was while I was supportive and, and understood why you wanted to get your master's, as I talked about in the in the previous answer, there was that snowball um, that was going down the hill, and I think it was growing a bit. And you had lots of uh, lots of priorities of, ahead of of me and us. And in hindsight, I'll, I'll reference again: we probably should have had a, a few more communications tools in our in our marriage toolbox at the time. Um, but you were focused, it was important to you, so it was important to our family. Um, I think you talked in, in previous episodes about how you dedicated Saturdays to sort of locking yourself in in your office while I took the girls out for the day and, and gave you your time to, to pound away at, uh, at your master's. So there was a plus there in that it was some good uh, father-daughter bonding time. And I've always been amazed at, at your ability to have so much on your plate and and still manage to do well at, at everything that uh, everything that you do. Uh, you were excelling in your career. You never skipped a beat being a super mom. Um, you were taking enough master courses, I think, at, at some point to qualify as a, as a full-time student. Yeah, that was great for taxes. It was great for taxes. <laughs> it was, yeah. And it was, it was incredible that you were able to, to achieve that. I know I, I, there's no way I could have, uh, I could have done it. 
Um, so as I've said, I'm very proud of you and in, in, in the accomplishments you've 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 made. And and I think I said in the in the previous answer, you've always had the ability to keep everything together while you do it. And I remember in 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 Calgary when we were at your your convocation, one of the last convocations I think before it was the last convocation COVID. before COVID, yeah. yeah. And you were walking across the stage. I made I made sure that the girls saw you and and, and knew what that what that moment meant not just uh, not just for you but but for them as well it was it was pretty emotional thank you for that I remember thinking I wanted you guys to be there because you had given up a lot for me to do that and it was important for you to see why and what that meant and you know it wasn't just a piece of paper it was the whole process of of locking myself in the office on Saturdays and just spending that time away from you and the girls to get that done. So I know many people or many women with ADHD aren't diagnosed because they push themselves all their lives to get good grades, to be reliable, to be the perfect mom, to prove themselves. And it's similar to a duck um, on the water that looks calm, but underneath it's paddling like crazy. Do you feel that this was me? Yes, definitely. I think you you are you're competitive. Probably one of the most uh, competitive people I know. This is why I'm so awesome at karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always said to friends, family, anyone around us, really, um, the easiest way to get you to do something is is to tell you that you can't do it. Um, your drive and determination is is evident in in lots of what we talked about, you know, whether it's with, uh, with the girls, with your undergrad, with your masters, your career, um, you're very driven. You're very, you're very determined, um, which is phenomenal. It's one of the things I, I very much love about you. Um, and throughout it all, you've always looked, uh, look calm, cool and collected on the surface. As I, as I said, very much love your your drive and, and and determination. I think it very much helps us in in our marriage, and I know that that's um, a, a trait of, of of ADHD is the the drive and determination when you're focused, right? Yeah, a lot of uh, times people are workaholics and it's overlooked because they're doing well at work, but that's often a sign of ADHD when they're completely focused on their work and throwing themselves into that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it goes to for for our marriage specifically. You know, when we're when we're able to find our groove and, and, and work together, there isn't much, if anything, that we can't do as as, as husband and wife. We challenge each other, we push each other, um, we pick each other up when when we fall, and and keep on keep on going. Um, and I should note that it isn't always romantic and, and inspiring. Um, that level of, of teamwork. Um, again, this isn't Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> this is reality. Uh, but when we do find our, our groove, it, it works. It works really well. And I think your your drive and determination really play a role in that. And uh, anyone who's married uh, knows that that finding that that groove isn't um, isn't always easy. But I think there's an anecdotal story that I'd probably bring up to just for a for a prove a po- or not prove a point but just make uh make a point on 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 this one do you remember that escape room that we we went to for my brother's birthday yep <laughs> who 
it was it was interesting and i think your competitive nature really uh really came out um at, at that time we were it started off pretty good um and then you just got uber competitive <laughs> and i just had to stand back and and watch you uh and watch you go and again you were you know for the most part you were calm and cool and this was all all normal but man could i see that the the duck under the water was just 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 going it's a little scary yes it was it was interesting and we we haven't been back to (laughs) haven't been back to an escape room since but i do look forward to us uh us going again i think jules wants to go to one for her birthday so that'll be That'll be fun. Um, you'll probably just be watching me for my, my expressions. <laughs> I'll just stand back. I won't even participate. No, so. it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, you, you're definitely the duck on, on the water that looks calm, but uh, but look underneath and is paddling like crazy. That's yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. We've been talking for quite a while and this podcast is about ADHD so let's take a break and we will continue this conversation on the next episode of Living Life Squirrel. More to come folks. Until next time this is Robin and this is Living Life Squirrel a podcast about how ADHD is more than a list of symptoms. If you have an idea question or comment please write to me at livinglifesquirrel at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.